Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity. Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And when we talk about a world of creativity, obviously, we love to travel around the world. And today, we're going to stamp our creative passport at LAX and drive out to Palm Springs. But we also talk about bringing a world of creativity to our passion, to our projects, and to the subjects we care so much about. And that's really our topic today, as we visit with Lee Tomlinson. Lee, welcome to the program. Uh, it's very good to be here, uh, Mark. I, I look forward to it, and creativity is what keeps me alive. So uh, I'm delighted to be sharing uh, my process for that with your listeners. And it's such a great journey, and we're going to cover as many miles of that journey as we possibly can. Lee Tomlinson is the author of a terrific book called Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare. And those listeners that know me well know that my whole career I've been spent in healthcare and pharmaceuticals and biotech and hospitals, and really understanding the dynamic between physicians and patients. And Lee has taken the other side of the coin, if you will, and really represented the patient's point of view and bringing that compassionate message. Lee, tell us what brought you to this I mean, it's a very personal topic to you, I know. So maybe you could bring us to, up to Sure. Today. So I have led a spectacularly wonderful life, uh, not always healthy and, and secure, but uh, wonderful. I, I've got this addiction to adrenaline, which has landed me in hospitals all over the world. I've broken, what, a dozen bones, um, had my thumb pulled off, skin grafts, bone grafts more infectious diseases than you can imagine. So I've spent an enormous amount of time in hospitals under the care of doctors and nurses and everybody else. Seven or eight years ago, I went into my ENT, ear, nose and throat doctor, also my allergist, to take care of some breathing problems I was having because I was playing in I, bragging. I qualified for the California State Senior Amateur Golf Championships up at Pebble Beach. I knew if I couldn't breathe and my eyes were wide, I wouldn't play well. And I really, really wanted to play well. So I went in there and to figure out what I was allergic to this time, which turned out to be grass. I'm allergic to grass. On a scale of one to 10, I'm an 11, which is a curse. My, my wife thought it was a uh, God doing it to me on purpose to punish me for the times I'd spent playing rather than being with her Saturday mornings. Nonetheless, I walked out three hours later with a diagnosis of stage three, stage four throat cancer that had spread to my lymph nodes and underwent the most grueling treatment of my lifetime. If you took all of those medical interventions and threw them all together, the pain that I experienced during those months of three months of chemo followed by 35 straight days of atomic blasts mm. to my throat, one of the most tender places on your body, it was all those times a thousand. At the very end of it, when life could not possibly, I thought, get worse, 
Of course, that's what it always does. I was admitted to the hospital with an unidentifiable septic infection at the site of my port. And so now I'm dying of cancer. I'm dying of a septic infection. They can't even figure out what it is to treat the doggone thing. My hadn't worked in 10 months. Uh, we're accruing huge medical debt. Can't speak for you, but when I'm in misery, I sometimes take it out on others. And that poor mm -hmm. person was my beautiful, dear wife. So my marriage was on the rocks. I, I didn't know if I'd speak. I didn't know if I'd live. If there ever was a time, like all of those other times when I was hospitalized, that I could have used some simple human kindness. Call it kindness. Call it niceness. Call it compassion. Call it whatever you will. Human connection, it was there. Because I was at the end of my rope. And I got zero. Bottom line is that given that I was already at the very bottom, not sure if I could you know, make it to the next 15 minutes, next, not to mention the next 15 years if I live. I realized that the people who take care of me in medical situations, they're in control of my life. And I figured if these people in whose hands I put my life don't care enough about me to be polite, kind, caring, you know, put any word you like in there, they must be right. And I, in fact, must be a burden. And I decided to end my life. I had enough fentanyl patches, put on enough, um, go to sleep, not wake up. And my family would get the benefits from a key man life insurance policy, which was millions and millions of way more than I was worth. But anyway, it was there. And I thought, what a great parting gift. I would have done that had it not been the day after I got out of the hospital. I was visited by a fellow named Dr. Dean Adele, who's my brother-in-law, very famous doctor. And I wanted to ask him how many patches to put on. And I stopped to pause after telling him all the miseries I had suffered. And he did something pretty amazing. He, first of all, put his hand on my arm, looked me square in the eyes, sat down and said, Lee, I am so, so, so sorry for the compassion you didn't get while you were in this hospital. He said, it is inexcusable. It is appalling and it's getting worse. You're not the only one. It's horrible, but please accept my apologies for the medical business that has treated you so poorly. And he said, but may I make a suggestion? How about this? Rather than giving up and giving in, how about you fight? And if you're lucky enough to live, how about you use your, if you can still speak with, because you know, they may have had to take out my tongue, um, you know, if you, to communicate to healthcare professionals from experience, the absolute necessity of being treated with compassion and the power it has to heal you when it's present and the horrible impact when it's not. And that, his belief in me, his taking that time with me, his apology, his um, politeness, literally restored my desire to fight and live. And it's why I'm alive today and didn't do myself in. So that's when out of that, he said, why don't you start a movement or something, which in my uh, chemo messed up brain. Yeah, movement. Perfect. Now, I didn't know what a movement was, but ultimately. <laughs> but you're ready to start one at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, but it sounds like a good idea, whatever the heck it means. Um, but as I began to heal, which took a year to gain my voice and swallow and all of that stuff rehab, I began to realize that that power of compassion he was referring to was it's now scientifically proven. It wasn't, you know, theory. 
it was absolutely scientifically proven. It is so powerful that it has been deemed to be mandatory if what you want is the best, quickest outcome for a patient. And the fact that I hadn't gotten it um, simply, you know, and considered suicide as a result was proof of that. And that's when I formed the Compassion Heals movement to restore the rapidly disappearing healing power of compassion to benefit not only patients, but what I found out is the 60 plus percent of healthcare workers who are burned out at any given moment and unable to be compassionate. So, you know, I really, my work in my life and, you know, the movement is about seeing that patients get the compassion they deserve from their providers and that their providers make sure that they're healthy and not burned out, which prevents them from being compassionate and fully competent. Yes, so strong and so important. And it's so interesting. I think it's worth underscoring what you said, that this is not simply a heartfelt you know, uh, good for fellow man, you know, I really want to express my compassion to you. But as a data driven, yes. you know, patients heal faster, doctors don't burn out as much. Uh, yes. And I know yes. that uh, one of the, the doctors who reviewed your book, Dr. James Doty, you yes. know, found, founded and directs a center for compassion yeah. and altruism research. Yes, to get that data. At yes. Stanford. Yes, yes, there are there are um, hundreds of studies. It's interesting. So I spent a year, two years, three years, and still reading those studies, which are to a non-clinician, probably the most boring documents on the face of the planet. Anyway, I, read, I spent hundreds of hours reading those. And then uh, a year, year and a half ago, a book came out called Compassionomics. And in it, to um, Dr. Treziak and Dr. Mazzarelli, they took all of those studies and put the summaries into a book to reveal the immense scientifically proven healing power of compassion to benefit patients, providers, and the bottom line. It's great business to be compassionate as well. So it's a spectacular book if you want to know the truth about it. it it's nice to be nice, but it has immense, sometimes life-saving and life-giving power that we ought to use for ourselves because when we are kind to someone else, they have those healing benefits. And what's astonishing is, so do we as the givers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doctors say, well, you know, I can't be compassionate. I'm, I'm, I'm too exhausted. I'm too burned out. Time out. Be more compassionate. Make yourself be it. And pretend in the beginning if you need to. But literally, if you keep doing kind acts for people, it will heal you and your burnout. Mm -hmm. So it's not about doing less. It is about, you know, watching what you eat, watching what you drink, exercise, you know, all the things that we know are necessary for everyday health. But when you're burned out, one of the greatest tools is to just go out and be kind. What is it? Um, was it the Dalai Lama said? If you want someone to be happy, be kind. Mm. If you want to be happy, be kind. And it's true. Now it's scientifically true. I don't care who said it thousands of years ago. It's now true. Yeah, and it's moved beyond the philosophy. I like that. Correct. It's hard uh, science. 
And Lee, you've had a chance to share your story and this mission uh, with pharma companies like Eli Lilly and Bristol Myers Squibb, and also with you know physician organizations in UCLA Hospital and others. Uh, it must not only uh, give you a lot of gratification to share your story, but I would only imagine that it also becomes a magnet for other people to tell you their stories. Yeah. Uh, what has that exchange been like for you? Well, for me personally, first of all, when I first, when I did my TED Talk, which was very, very, very early on in my effort, and it was still very hard for me to speak, I didn't really know how the message would be received. I was waiting to be introduced to another event, and I, there were two doctors sitting next to me talking, and they looked at the agenda and went, oh, geez, we got a patient advocate, and he's going to rag on us on how bad we are and how crummy we are. And, uh, no, wait, I'm that guy. Uh, I, that is not what I'm going to do. I love you guys. You guys have kept me alive, you know, through countless times, not to mention the cancer. I'm going to talk to you about taking care of yourself so that you can continue to be even more compassionate and more competent. So what happens is, is that I, when I'm in person, oh, not always just in person, I did one uh, virtually the other day, but when I get to be on stage in my gown, completely humiliated, you know, in my patient's gown, and I get to share my story and the pain I experienced, it's incredibly therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. Instead of stuffing it down, you know, stuffing pain down, which is what most of us do because we don't know how to healthfully, if that's a word, express it, it gets stuck in there and it's poison. And it absolutely can lead to burnout, um, illnesses. I was as burned out as a human can be when I went into that ENT to get my allergies checked. So it's not surprising to me what I know now that that burnout made me more susceptible to the cancer. So all of the pain, the suffering, the lack of attention, the lack of care, the lack of kind, all of that misery, to be able to share it absolutely helps heal me. And for whatever reason, my story resonates with my audiences deeply. Mm -hmm. They've been burned out. They know people who've been burned out. They know what it's like when they've been a patient and haven't gotten the compassion everybody needs when they hurt. Um, and so those that are healthy come up to me and say, thanks. I'm going to be even more so. You're right. I, I, I knew it was important. I just didn't realize it was this important. So that's helpful. And then I have people go, Lee, between you and me, I am so burned out. It's ridiculous. I'm going to go get help. Well, gosh, you know, they say that most people get into healthcare to heal the pain of others. I feel your pain and I'd like to do something to help heal it. I always wanted to be a doctor or a nurse, but I didn't have the brains or the stomach for it, to be honest with you. But being able to share my story, as Dr. Edel suggested I should, and have it move members of the audience to being a better self to being healthier, to being more kind and caring to their patients and know that I've had that impact makes my heart heal and swell, 
you know, to the size of a small state. Um, so it's a blessing from heaven to be able to do what I've done. I've had a lot of success in my life. But well, I was going to ask you, Lee, because, I mean, not only is your story compelling and very personal, but the storytelling, the creativity behind that. And I think <laughs> as I've learned more about you and your background, you know, <laughs> in the Hollywood studios with the yeah, yeah. Film Institute, yeah. at the Olympic Festival in LA, yeah. there is yeah, a certain yeah. dramatization of the story. And that's yes. not to say, I'm not trying to say you're overdoing the story. I'm just trying to say, that you also have that sense of how to tell the story in a very meaningful, personal, compelling way. Well, I am knowing what you know um, about what it takes to do that. I take that as a very high compliment. So thank you for that. Um, I got a compliment the other day. I did a virtual one, which are not, I know they work, but not being physically close to my audience is a, uh, is, mm -hmm takes away a lot of the joy of it for me. It's still wonderful because they have chat boxes, right? So I'm doing a virtual one the other day and I'm trying, you know, I'm looking at the slides, I'm looking at the timer, I'm looking at the screen, I'm trying to, and there's people are chatting in the box. And I happened to see one from a doctor who said, Lee, thank you. You are a healer, healer, hmm. whoa. Um, that was spectacular. And I, I have that on my computer, actually, um, to remind me on those days when, you know, going gets tough, that this is my mission. This is my purpose. This is my legacy. Even though it's hard right now, even though COVID is, you know, cut down on my speaking engagements and all of that sort of stuff. And gosh, I've done what a couple of hundred in the last six or seven years. I am still completely and totally dedicated to getting this message out there and seeing if we can't bring more compassion, not only to healthcare, but into the world that desperately needs it. We are hurting right now as humans. We are genetically bred down in our genes, in our DNA, to be compassionate. It has never been survival of the fittest or the strongest. It's been survival of the nicest who could go to their fellow cavemen and say to the little group of cavemen and women over there and kids, um, I noticed last night you went to sleep and, you know, one of those tyrannosauruses um, ate um, your aunt. Um, that sucks. Uh, and you know what? We've had the same thing. How about this? You go to sleep. I'll look after you. Um, and then maybe if I go to sleep, maybe you'll, you know, do the same for me. And the answer was we formed communities. We came together. When we're born, this is astonishing to me. When we're born, if you put a child in a room with another child who's crying, unless stopped by a parent, family, or friend, they will automatically go to that child and hug them mm -hmm. automatically. Now, when the parent says, oh, no, no, you shouldn't do that. It's socially implied. It's this, that, or the other. Or it's a girl and you're a guy. And it's, you know, oh, oh. Oh, oh, okay, so I shouldn't express that stuff. Okay, I got it. And that's what's happened. So now that we're separated and we, we, we haven't been able to be in those groups for what, a year and a half? Right. It drives us crazy. That's so I mean interesting that, that it's literally. against our nature, you know, yes. in, in yes. our DNA. You're right. Yes, yeah. yes. And so that's part of the reason. Yes, we have economic issues and social issues and racial issues. We, all true. The only way 
we can solve those issues is by finding that compassion we were born with, looking at others and being willing to see and hear their pain and just allow our genetics to react, which will automatically want to help heal them. Mm -hmm. That will help heal them. Me giving it will help heal me. And it's also been proven that when you give a kind act to someone, they're statistically highly inclined to pass it on to somebody else. So it becomes like a wave. It just keeps going and going and going and going. So think about this. If we had a, a million people do one kind act and each person did, you know, 50% of them did another kind act, 50%, we'd have 20 million kind acts in an hour. That 20 million, would every one of them save a life? No, of course not. But every one of them would relieve some level of pain for the giver and the receiver. And I do a challenge in my talks with healthcare professionals to say, all right, here's the deal. Over the next week, our Compassion Heals Challenge, you agree to do one kind act a day more than normal. Mm-hmm. One, one. And you don't have to buy somebody's new car. You don't have to put their kids through car. No, open a door, smile at a stranger, whatever the heck it is. You know, small is all in compassion. It has the same impact. So it's the kindness you give to people, not the size of it, that makes a difference. That's so strong. Well, and Lee, it's such a powerful, as you have called it, a mission. And, you know, you give the talks, you do the teleconferences, you've written the book. What, what other creative channels or mediums have you thought about to get the word out? Because I think well, about the listeners, you talk about connections. Maybe we, yes. can, maybe we can pay it forward by thinking about other ways that we can support and get this message out with you. Well, thank you for that. The answer is, is <laughs> I hate to admit this, but so when I first started, you know, yeah, a mission, a, a, a purpose, a, um, a movement. Yeah, right. Um, um, gosh, I guess that means I need to speak to people. Well, very early on, I did my TED Talk. I spoke at Sloan Kettering. And all of a sudden, I got to speak in other places, and it just kind of took off. But my goal has always been, there are 22 million healthcare professionals in America today, 22 million, um, and they are deeply suffering right now. Um, and so my goal is always to get my message to all 22 million people. Well, a buddy of mine came up to me just before the pandemic and said, Lee, stop with the 22 million. It's ridiculous. If you spoke every single day for the next 10 years and every audience was 5,000 people, you still wouldn't reach 22 million people. So forget about it. They said, why don't you write a book or something? Because that way you don't have to physically be there. Duh. Okay, so <laughs> I... I used to journal a lot, particularly when speaking was difficult, when actually talking was difficult. Uh, And I was in recovery mentally, physically, and emotionally after my cancer. So I had a ton of essays or or entries or something. Anyway, so I I started putting the book together. And what came out of it was the Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare, the book. Well, it's been doing wonderfully well. And healthcare institutions are buying bunches of them to give to their people because it really is a love story and my expression of gratitude for the fact that they've saved my life all my life. But then the same guy comes up and he goes, Lee, great book. Love it. Thank you for the signed copy, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
but the book and you speaking isn't gonna isn't gonna get it done. You know, 22 million, forget about it. You're not gonna sell 22 million books. What are you nuts? Uh, he says, so why don't you go back to your producer background, your Hollywood background? Why don't you make a documentary? Why don't you make a documentary series revealing all of these amazing healing powers and the science behind it and the impact for giver and receiver and the bottom line and what it could do for Why don't you do a movie or a video? And that's exactly what I'm working on as we speak. So I am going back to my Hollywood background. Um, we're in the process of looking for corporate sponsors. All of those 10 years of TV shows, primetime specials I produced for um, the American Film Institute and CBS, all of those were sponsor driven. So we are now looking for corporations that want to put more good into the world, that want to try and heal it. And the best way I know how, if anybody's got a better answer, I'm in. But simple human kindness, we know scientifically, can dramatically improve the lives of every human on the face of this planet at a time when we need it more than ever. So that's what the movie is about. So if anybody knows any organizations that would like to be in a, an international, uh, deliver it to an international audience at a time when it needs it the most, let's get Compassion Heals the movie made and get it out there ASAP. I love it. Well, you've come to the right uh, audience because yes. uh, all the creative people here, we're going to compare notes, compare our Rolodexes and see who we can come up with. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I so love fun. it. Love well, it. And I love how you've boiled it down, Lee. And as we close our conversation, first of all, what a, what a great time we've had together. I appreciate you sharing both your personal and your professional story. But as we think about going forward, I love the way you've kind of boiled it down into this call to action to the yes. healthcare professionals. Yes. But as a creative community, give, mm -hmm. give us that same kind of, here's one thing you could do today, you know, kind of thing. What do you think we should take away from our uh, talk today? Yeah, if you don't take away anything else, do this. Go to my website, www, it's very clever, www.leetomlinson.com, www.leetomlinson.com. The Compassion Heals Challenge is right there on the front page. Sign up, agree to do seven days of kind acts, little, tiny, you know, say hi to a stranger, give them a nod, whatever, seven days. And if you complete it, I will send you a free digital version of the book. So www.leetomlinson.com. Sign up for the challenge. We won't sell your name. We won't, you know, sell you anything. Mm -hmm. Take the challenge. Every day we'll be in touch with you to inspire you and go put some good into the world. We can piss and moan or we can do something to make the world better. I'm voting for doing something. And that something is put a little kindness into the world. It's not there now. I love it. Well, we're going to take up the mantle and definitely take you up Please. on that challenge. I yes. love it. Well, and love I love, it. I love there's a line in your book that says we all have a compassionate role to play. Nope. And, uh, you know, picking back up on our Hollywood and our film uh, metaphors and connections here. I mean, let's play that compassionate role, right? Yes. Yes. 
Yes, because it's who we are. Let's Mm -hmm. be who we really are. That's where joy, you want to talk about creativity? Get in touch with who you are and you will be so creative, it'll make your head spin, but you've got to be real. And the real us is the one that is kind, caring, and compassionate for our fellow human beings and them back with us. That's the key to creativity. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Well, listeners, my guest has been Lee Tomlinson. He just reminded us his website is leetomlinson.com. Let's all go and uh, take the compassion challenge. His book is called Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare. And boy, I'm excited already about the documentary film movie version of this story, Lee. Cool. Great. Yeah. Well, let's get it done. I mean, let's, time's a wasting. Let's all we get together do it, and Mark. make it happen. Let's Come do on, it. bud. All right. Well, listeners, let's get involved in that. But also, let's continue our around the world travels. We've been going from Johannesburg to Oslo to LA today, Rio de Janeiro, Singapore, all looking for these inspirations for creative ideas. And we sure got one today. Thanks again to Lee Tomlinson. But come back again next time. We'll continue these travels. We'll continue to find out what inspires our creativity, how to organize our ideas, and how to get the confidence and the connections to launch our work out into the world. And that's what it's all about. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services, so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast, using Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better, unlocking your world of creativity.